Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas. With me is Eric Sanchez. What's going on tonight? Oh, not much. I'm just uh, got done eating. <laughs> very, some chicken, very exciting some chick, stuff. Some, some, yeah, some chicken nuggets, I, uh, some mashed okay. potatoes. All right, well, that's right, yeah. so enough of that. We're going to talk this week about arguably the most important moment, one of the most important moments in wrestling, and the people associated the most, with it, it. It is the most The important. most, you think so? More than Austin 316? Yep. <laughs> Just, yep, no, no follow-up. Yep. yep, no, yep. I, mean, I mean, without this, it, it does, the business does not change. <sighs> well, let's get into it so we're talking about wcw bash at the beach 1996 and we'll get to that in just a second if this is your first time listening appreciate that you can find all of our past shows and future shows for free in your favorite podcast app just search positively a pro a wrestling podcast you can follow us on twitter at ppw podcast and if you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app will be there for you and if you can leave a review that'd be great too and i want to do this before i forget so we had a couple reviews come mm-hmm. in you want to hear them? Yeah, I'd love to hear them. You, you want to hear them? Do you I want to hear? Reviews. So there's a, <laughs> so there's a great one, and a not so great one. Oh man. Uh oh. So, oh geez, we got two bad ones. Oh no. So we got what, a couple of it. So here we go. This is from Droopy. I don't. People don't like us. So there's a couple, oh, wow. but, but I do appreciate them willing to check us out. Yeah. So there's one from Droopy Lou called Skippable says i've given this one several tries the past month i'm sorry it's kind of blah they seem like nice guys hey that's nice but there's no reason to listen to this you won't learn anything unless you care about what they thought as kids hint most people don't Jeez. there's no real details (laughs) or research if you're into that sort of thing some other of you mentioned it's remember this type of show well they tried to make light of it's kind of true and not a good thing people generally listen to podcasts for analysts humor or history or all three so, I mean, this guy knows what everyone listens to podcasts for us. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Not a vague or broad, boring recap of some pay-per-view oh, or something. Man. So, yeah, what they're doing is not a good thing. If if more people listen, maybe they don't. In that case, proceed. I guess overall it doesn't stand out, even among the, the rest of the fan-made wrestling shows. Don't get me wrong. Most are crap. But there are at least a dozen that are far better than this one, which is decent, if anything. So, hey, that, I guess, fair. thanks. Thanks for his opinion. Exactly, and I, you gave that you checked us out. Uh, so we've well, got you, another you one could, from brother. Brother, you could stick it. Just <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> no, no, no I'm, I'm kidding. Here we go. This one says, "Okay, gave this one a listen after seeing your Twitter <laughs> post, looking for reviews." LOL. Tried several episodes. It's decent, not amazing, but not bad. I'll take that. Seems like they've been going for a long time, so that's good. And they seem like nice guys. Everyone thinks we're nice guys. I don't think we are. Um, no, we're nice guys. The show itself was just okay. Mm-hmm. Not really anything special, but I want to leave my honest review. My only real constructive criticism would that be it doesn't seem to come out on a regular basis and doesn't have a real direction, but maybe that's the point. LOL. Thanks, Danny Roman 91 And then we've that got is, a point, good review. Right? What's the point? No direction? There's no point. Yeah. No direction. Listen, we just kind of get together yeah. when we can. Well, here's the deal. I don't mind anyone's opinion on it because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you take time to listen, that's all I can ask for. And if you don't like it, yeah, that's fine that's too. That's half the battle Totally right good. 
Uh, here's a good review for us. Five stars, six in Japan. <laughs> Steve and Eric always make me laugh. There's always at least one thing during an episode that makes me laugh so hard I start crying. Whether it's a trip down memory lane, a recent show convention, it's always a great, fun conversation with two friends and sometimes a guest or guests. So thanks, guys. If you want to leave us a review, go for it. It'd be awesome. Appreciate everyone that, again. Maybe, maybe that's the point. Like, we just get together, we talk, we, we watch something, and we just so talk about here's, it. Here's the... Do we need to yeah, do research? So here's the, Not the, really. I mean, we just watch it. Well, here's the deal with that. There are... The great thing about podcasts is there are shows for that. There's shows for research. Mm -hmm. Go listen to... There's plenty of shows. The Laps Fan's amazing. Uh, yeah. OVP Podcast, our vantage point, a retro wrestling show that uh, has some research and a ton more details in the stuff. Listen mm -hmm. to them. Uh, the The biggest point of the show has become over the past few years for us is to try to get people to br put you back where you were through the at a time through the lens of wrestling where we tell stories that sometimes you can relate to and sometimes you might not to, but it might make you remember something that you haven't thought of in years. And if I can make somebody think of something they haven't thought of in a long time mm -hmm. yeah. and make them kind of smile or laugh, then that's great. And we've been doing this for years now and having fun with it, and it's free, and there's no ads, and we try to get out at least a couple times a month, best we can. And yes, that's a different, those are, everything that people said in those reviews is 100% their opinion and fine they're that's cool um i don't agree with one guy saying that most ref fan podcasts are crap like geez take it easy guy but uh <laughs> hey other than that he didn't include us so yay <laughs> most of them <laughs> don't give me most, most of them crap. most of them i disagree uh there's a million podcasts out there there literally is and i ha i struggle to keep up with the shows i like to listen to so if somebody mm -hmm. wants to take an hour out of their day to pick us to at least give us a chance that's awesome and thank you and even if, and you, if you have to suggestions for topics or stuff like, you want to you're like this isn't for me i understand that's fine there's yeah definitely but we have people that do like us and do like what we do so we keep doing that and people that don't and some people jump in and out for episodes they listen to and all that so that's kind of the end of the uh, the review segment of the PPW All podcast. Right. That's right. The reviews but, of the reviews. Yes, appreciate everyone. Seriously, I'm not offended by anything anybody said. I appreciate anyone taking time out of their day to listen to the show. Really appreciate that. All right. So I guess because it's late and we've got a lot to get into this week, we, we should just jump into Bash at the Beach 96, right? All uh, right. This is, yeah. So really quick, took place July 7th, 1996 from the Daytona Beach Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. Sellout crowd of 8,300 people. I would say rocking crowd, but we'll get into it. The crowd's kind of like me watching this, just waiting mm -hmm. for the main event to happen. That's pretty much all I was waiting for, and I think everybody else was who was there too. Yeah, as important as this show is, like I'm just surprised we haven't talked about it yet. Like, I think because so many people do talk yeah, about I, it, that's probably why we didn't. But this is fun to watch the entire event for the beginning because it's been, what, maybe 20 years, 25 years since I've seen this. So it was fun mm -hmm. to watch again. Yeah, definitely. And I, I thought we had done it before, too. I looked back. I'm like, how have we not done this? But we haven't. <laughs> right. Uh, so I mentioned when it took place, it did a really good buy rate on pay-per-view. Uh, mm -hmm. It did 250000 which is really, really big. Uh, the month before, ba Great American Bash only did 170. Slamboree did 155. Uncensored, yeah. the last pay-per-view Hogan was on before this one, did 250 as well. So Hogan 
you know, big money draw. And of course the intrigue of who the third man was going to be. I don't really remember having a, a thought of who the third man could be. I just remember thinking it was cool that, oh, Razor Ramon and Diesel are on Nitro. But mm-hmm. I never yeah. w- once thought that they were from the WWF. I knew that they were like, oh, they work for WCW now. Like, it was never a, an invasion thing for me, even as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. when, what were well, you when thinking? Because Hall, when Hall, Hall and Nash show up and... Yeah, when Hall yeah. came over, I was like, okay, because I knew him as Razor Ramon. And I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah. why is he there? Because he, he had a ticket, he was in the audience. So that kind of blurred the lines for me when I was watching it. But then he was becoming more prominent and being talked to and, and not really saying who, what his name was, but he still had the, the Razor accent. So then I'm thinking, well, why would they give him this much time if he's not you know, working for WCW? But yeah. you know, the, the, the first night was pretty wild for me. What about when Nash showed up? When mm-hmm. you knew it was a wrestling angle then when Nash is there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh what about so they're teasing the third man because prior to this pay-per-view they've been kicking WCW's ass with baseball bats and and all this stuff uh, taking people out beating up on the announcers yeah uh, of course Kevin Nash is the famous fluff this is where the big boys play huh look at the adjective play we're not here to play <laughs> not an adjective Kev but you know he's got a high IQ just just ask him he's got a fucking high IQ shit fuck it yeah, but that, that's Did you right. have any opinion on who the third man was going to be? Did you have any guesses or at all? Not not really. I thought it was going to be like another, uh, you know, ex-WWE guy who was coming over. Maybe, maybe Michael. I didn't know who it was. But I just thought, like, these two guys are just really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, they were coming over. They were, they were picking on people. I mean, in a fun way. And I don't know. Just just the way that they were acting was, like, super cool. I'm like, well, there's there's got to be a cool third guy, like, to make this make this awesome. Well, so I didn't yeah, know. I, 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 I really wish I could remember because it wasn't even a thought in my mind that mm-hmm. it'll be another WWF guy or somebody. I, I want to say I thought it might have been was going to be Lex Luger or something like that. You know, he's going to turn yeah. his back on WCW uh, because we'll get into it for this show. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about you know who, who is this going to be. It's very mysterious. There's also a very the announcers do a great job of this of putting over how nerve-wracking it was to be a WCW guy or employee when these outsiders are coming in. You don't know what they're going to do. Bobby Heenan, Tony Schiavone. They made it cool. Yeah, it definitely made it... Made it... I don't even know if it's cool. It's just different, right? Because at the time, we weren't seeing stuff like this. You know, we weren't seeing this reality-based things. And as much as we kind of... People kind of tease Bischoff now for some of his weird tweets he does, where he's going after AEW for clickbait stuff. Mm-hmm. This was a this was a crazy, <clears throat> crazy big deal, especially after it happened, and the weeks afterwards, after Hogan, of course, joined over with Hall and Ash to form the New World Order, yeah. and goes in the year run reign up until his eventual meeting with Sting at Starcade led to the biggest pay per view buy in WCW's history and big business and and all that. And this is taken off with WCW kicking WWF's ass on the Monday Night Wars and. This was okay. So we we briefly talked about it. Do you think this is the biggest moment in wrestling? This Hogan joining the NWA is that the biggest moment in wrestling history for you? Is that it? I think so. Yeah, because without this, there's not really like like a big time war. There's no like ratings war. It, this just like kicks everything off. At least the attitude era. At least it it just leads to so much. Okay, I don't want to get. Into, I guess I'll get into that. Would it have worked if it was somebody else besides Hogan? 
did it have to be Hulk? It, it, it might have. I mean, it, it could have been. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, we'll, 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 we will put a pin in that because once mm-hmm. we get into the show and, and all that, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we get into the pay-per-view here again. I think we talk about this a lot in these sh- our shows we do. We look back. People in this age of Twitter and YouTube look at the clips. Look at just the, the Hogan leg drop on Macho Man. They mm-hmm. don't watch the entire shows. Or maybe they do. Some people do like me. But they don't... It, it's not in the front of everyone's mind the entire spectacle the thing so right yeah it's been a while since i've watched this whole pay-per-view mm-hmm. i've definitely watched parts of it uh, mm-hmm. but it's definitely been a while uh what was the overall vibe you got of this show uh like going into it or as i was watching just it? watch just when you're watching it yeah, yeah. I, I guess watching it was just like okay this is um this is to me like classic nitro with with the uh the cruiserweights the psychosis mysterio just kind of like the the mix of everything from the small guys mm-hmm. to the bigger guys and then you know some of these goofy um stipulations where you know later on we'll start to see that stuff but it was just like classic nitro like mixing stuff up and um starting it off with uh, uh psychosis and mysterio i thought was awesome i agree so this mm. show opens up with kind of a goofy intro, like the hostile takeover, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't yeah, it done was, well. It, it wasn't. No, it was just bland. It had some like clips and just like fading. Yeah, not it was fading, but they're just like slideshows kind of. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was bad. bad. It was like something you make at like Windows 95 computer, which they might have. It was 96 yeah. Bash of the Beach. So it was mm-hmm. really great. Uh, then we go to the set here. What did you think of this, this classic beach setup with the, awesome. the sand and all that? Yeah, I like the I, I love it. those sets. Mm-hmm. The what was your favorite? I, WCW I was looking set? at um, I was looking at uh, the, this psychosis and Mysterio. Uh, Ray Mysterio is twenty one here, and I looked up his son's age, and Dominic's twenty five. I'm like, I can't believe Ray Mysterio is four years younger than Dominic right now, and he's he's so good. So, yeah. So opening match, by the way, is Ray Mysterio Jr. versus Psychosis here, <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, they also bring in the professor Mike Tenay to tell us about these match to tell us about these luchadors and all that. Uh, so the first match here, I thought it was kind of weird that Psychosis was doing mat wrestling with Rey Mysterio, right? Like it, it started off really slow. I don't know. I just, to me, it seemed like it should yeah. have been a lot faster. And I'm glad Tanae came on because Bobby Heenan would would struggle with like so he's like, what is that called? <laughs> and Tanae mm-hmm. had there like, oh, it's an inverted beep bop beep bop bop, and he's like, like, yeah, oh, there, okay. There was a point where Ray does like a a flying head scissor, and uh-huh. then Tanae's like, oh, they call that a hurricane runner. Like he's he's our educator. Is is a kid, you know? Yeah, the professor, my yeah, man, definitely. definitely. Uh, okay, so another thing about this match that was kind of cool was. The crowd moment pops for things that don't really like happen that much back then. Now they're commonplace. You know the the jump off the top rope where the guys in the apron to do a hurricane rana. That's it, mm-hmm. it happens a lot. It's still super impressive. And I think Matt Hardy did a tweet recently talking about injuries, saying how fans need to realize we make it look easy because we're professional, but everything hurts. Everything's really really hard to do. Yeah, but they make it look easy. Uh, also, another thing that was cool about this, Ray Mysterio's WCW music was Chef's Kiss. It's dun, 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 dun just a badass. <laughs> Love that Ray Mysterio music. Let's see if I'm going to try to pull it up here. Oh, I, I think the one uh, that, twi- that, that, uh, that uh, tripped, or was it Heenan? He said, or uh, Professor said something about it, like the acai moonsault. <laughs> and Heenan's like, huh? What, what do you mean acai? 
<laughs> well, Bobby Heaton, we've, we've talked about him in WCW. He's always kind of goofy, but he's, yeah, he's having fun. I, I thought he had more of a chip on his shoulder like a WCW. I don't know, like he was pissed about something. <laughs> always, I guess. Well, Bobby's yeah. got, of course, one of the more famous lines at the end. We'll get to it here. Well, my, my ad's playing on YouTube. I'm going to play my Ray Mysterio music here. Hold on. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I love that music. It's like an epic uh, 80s movie like showdown or something. Love it. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. Hell yeah. Uh, there was, my favorite move of the match was the senton backsplash onto the floor where Psychosis just throws his whole body onto Ray. We're raising the floor. I was like, oh, poor Ray Mysterio. He was crushed. Uh, then, just uh, the just also, so many moments of this was crazy. Yeah. The, again, this match itself was just kind of okay, but the ending was awesome where Psychosis has got Ray up in a, like a super razor's edge on the rope, which yeah. countered into a Hurricane Rana for the pin and Rey yeah. Mysterio gets the win. The crowd yeah, was Tanay comes back and is like, "Yeah, that's called Splash Mountain." And then Ray turned into I think he said Frankensteiner, but did he say Hurricane Rana? He called it remember. Frankensteiner, but yeah, yeah. It, yeah, the Splash Mountain thing I've never heard before. I didn't know that was a thing. <clears throat> uh yeah, then, but the crowd goes wild. Yeah, definitely definitely got a great finish there and the crowd was like, "Okay, we're 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 into this." Also, by the way, before the pay-per-view started, WCW had taped some matches uh, for different show for Saturday, what, Saturday night, I think. Yeah, I think so. So there was like five matches before this. So mm-hmm. the they weren't really long, no longer than three or four or five minutes. That's like they so recorded this wasn't the whole first show match the before they the were show. A little, yeah, they were lubed up, you know, before the <laughs> before the show gets started here. Oh boy. Uh, we go backstage. Mean Gene interviews a non K Dog looking Conan. And that just seems weird to me. Every time I see Conan when he's not K Dog, because that's how mm-hmm. I know him, like the Olale and the top button, uh, flannel shirt and all that. That's, yeah, yeah, that, right. that's my Conan, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Turn, turns out he's facing Ric Flair tonight uh, for the U.S. Championship match. This is when Ric Flair's in the Four Horsemen. All right. Uh, and also, another thing I have a note in here the announcers keep mentioning Eric Bischoff because, of course, the pay per view before he got. Jackknife powerbomb through the stage at the Great American Bash. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like they were hinting maybe Bischoff's in on this NWO thing. You're like, where is he? We don't know where he is. We're calling him. Where's Bischoff? Where's Bischoff? I noticed that. They were kind of hinting. Maybe he's the okay. guy. Yeah, maybe. Mm, let me pick that up. Our next up is a match that I didn't know I needed in my life. Me neither. And honestly, uh, Carson City Silver Dollar match. I mean, we're not in Nevada. You know? <laughs> First <time laughs> I don't even know why it was members. called there. <laughs> Big Boss Man versus Earthquake, right, is the match. Oh, no, it's, it's Big Bubba Rogers versus uh, John Tenta. He's not a shark. He's a man. He's Remember a, that? He is a man. And he's got half his head shaved, which I'm assuming, because they didn't really talk about it too much till until they started to get his hair cut mm-hmm. again. But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, weeks in advance, uh, Big Bubba Rogers was chopped off Tenta's hair. And he actually looks a lot younger with that mustache. Yeah, he does. He does. The, look, oh, look at this baby face Tenta. The thing that's great about this is the sock full of dollars, silver dollars, is on a pole that's gigantic. It's like 50 feet in the damn air. Like People think we're being like herperbial. It's a good 10 feet 
above the ring, right? No. Maybe like a basketball hoop? It looks like how, 20 how, feet. how tall? Like, how tall like is that pole with the sock full of quarters? <laughs> it's not that tall. It looked like it. Anyway. Especially with little scrawny. The other thing that's fun. Was like skeeching his way up there. Well, we'll get to him. The other thing that was great was it was duct taped to the pole. Like literal uh, duct tape on the pole. Yeah. That was, oh man, that just cracked me up. No hook, no. <laughs> no. No finesse with it. It's just like, if you could rip this duct tape off. You can also, get, some, you get the socket quarters. Or also, the pole was tied together with, you know those tie-downs you put in the back of a truck when you're moving a couch? <laughs> that's what they mm-hmm. used for the pole. Yeah, that, <laughs> they should have I mean, used that for the tub. I, <laughs> is it the duct tape? Okay. What do you call those? Like those uh, locking lock straps or something? Or yeah, they're locked. Again, it's, base, it's mover straps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's uh, so John Tenta tries to climb. He gets suplexed off the top. Bubba tries to climb, gets crotched. They guys realize that oh, they both climb. They can't grab it because they're too they're too you know short, too big. Jimmy Hart, as you mentioned, shimmies his way up the pole like a 1980s gym class kid going up the rope in gym <laughs> class. That's literally the best description of it. Yeah, no, like baby, you gotta get it, that baby. But then you pull up, you like wrap your legs around, then you push up with your feet. Then you, it, it's difficult. Well, I don't know I'm how so, difficult. I had a hard time with it, but I, I, I was watching this thinking, how? Because I forgot what happened. Yeah. Like, how is he gonna get up there? I'm like, oh, maybe like Jimmy will go on Bubba's shoulders. No, <laughs> Jimmy just goes himself <laughs> like a like a spider and monkey. The camera the angle, pole. they shoot it from it like the amazing. floor all the way in the air. He looks like he's climbing a skyscraper. <laughs> Jimmy is athletic as hell. Yeah. Yeah, Also, Jimmy Hart was the manager of Earthquake. Like, what's he turning on John Tenta for? He had the the jacket. Remember the, the airbrush jacket oh, Earthquake's I face? Do. I do. Yeah. <sighs> Eventually, when Hart gets when Jimmy Hart gets the bag, by the way, Jimmy Hart's Big Bubba's manager. Mm-hmm. Uh he gets a power slam and he grabs a he grabs the sock. I keep saying the sock of quarters. Or what was that movie, Full Metal Jacket, where they whip the guy with the socks and the bars of soap? Oh, yeah. They, uh, they eventually tie him get... down in the sheet and he can't move. Yeah. Just a just a great That's moment brutal. in cinema. It was. And just Speaking the way of... he swung that sock and hit him right in the face. <laughs> yeah, he gets the sock. Tenta gets the sock full of silver dollars, whacks Big Bump in the head, and gets the pin. One, two, three. <laughs> Listen, people could shit on this match. I love and it. I, I do too. I'm glad this we're in agreement wrestling. here. This is wrestling. This is wrestling. <laughs> Professional wrestling. Two big beef. You nothing like you like more than two big beefy men going at it. That's right. I mean, that's what you need. That's pro wrestling. They're they're not in shape. They're hairy. They're. I mean, they're a little agile. <laughs> they're quick. You know, one guy's got half his head head shaved <laughs> from getting a cut earlier. I mean, this is this is a revenge match. And this is a match. By the way, that is on <laughs> the same show that has, like, in your opinion, the biggest moment in wrestling history. Well, yeah. And this is maybe second to that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of other matches that uh, Big Bubba. are at the same level as the Bubba, as the Carson City Silver Dollar match. <laughs> <laughs> we need to, I think we should that, make a t-shirt. Carson City what, Silver and, Dollar match winner, and, John Tent. And, <laughs> and what city are we? We're in Daytona Beach. Daytona Beach, Beach Yes. So we gotta research and find out why it was called Carson City. Maybe maybe something happened in uh, Nevada. I'm sure someone out there will will know, and then they'll leave us a review yeah. telling us we don't do any research. All right, that's fine. Ne- they do the research for us. 
Yes. Uh, next, we go backstage. Mean Gene Oakland's with the, the Sting group of Sting, mm-hmm. Macho Man, and Lex Luger. They all got their face paint on. Of course, Gene's like, oh, oh, boys, what are we doing here? Huh? So, of course, everybody knows by now that the backup plan, in case Hogan changed his mind and didn't want to turn heel, was for Sting to join the NWO. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I'm watching this and kind of keeping an eye on Sting. Like, during this interview segment, Macho Man is doing Macho Man-ness. Lex Luger's doing babyface Lex Luger. And Sting's kind of in the background. Sting, I wonder Sting if he is, uh, was thinking, he, I have to... He's He's being a little mean. He's like, maybe I have to play this just in case I've got a turn. Like, I've got to mm-hmm. hint a little bit at it. And uh, what would you think of everyone wearing the Sting face paint? I thought it was cool. And the, the promo itself, I, I thought Luger did a good job starting it off. And then and then Sting, I mean, Savage doing Savage things. But Sting goes into it and starts talking about the unknown and all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, okay. You know? mm-hmm. And, and that, that kind of made, made me think a little bit about the Sting uh, yeah. being the third man the too. But then... The super sting. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe Macho Man could have been the third man. Another thing I was watching this, like, who's the captain of this team? It seems like it should be Sting because they're all wearing Sting face paint, but it, mm-hmm. all, it seems like Macho Man's the guy in charge here. I thought Luger was. You thought Luger was? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Why, why has it got to be a, a leader? They can't just be a, a cohesive unit? So, I was. Could, did they pick the right three guys to represent WCW? Do you think against this new yeah, I don't the know outsiders? Who, I mean, you got Flair, but he's got his own thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have put uh, Flair on the team and given someone else a match with K Dog. Who would you have booted if Flair's on the team? Um, probably Savage, because you got to go. Yeah, with, I agree. Uh, you know, tradi- traditional uh, WCW guys. I agree. I definitely agree with that. So we're look at this. We're we're right in sync here. Speaking of right and sync, we've got the Lord of the Ring match next. Diamond Dallas Page, who won the Battle Bowl, uh, because he I don't know he got a ring for it or something for winning for winning the Battle Bowl, and he faces Hexaw Jim Duggan. Uh, Jim Jim Duggan's got the. So what'd you think of that? All was good. I mean that that's USA. That's patriotic. And Hogan comes out with his two before and uh, his two before, <laughs> yeah, his two before and his. American now I'm flag. pictured saw with a, a tuba, tuba? For, his, for his back. <laughs> he decided he sided little miniature tuba tubas at WrestleCon instead of mini two by fours. Is that what oh, yeah, the, yeah, what yeah. was used to to play his intro? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right on with that. Keep just keep it going the entire time. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> what do you right. think of this this matchup? This DDP versus Jim Duggan, a match I never knew even happened. Yeah, me neither. Um, I don't this know. Is like it, it was, it was match. This is like a TV match. This is like a WCW Saturday Night match like to me. Ten gimmick, ten gimmick DDP, DDP to. You know, he's kind of working his way back to like the cell or waking, making his way towards the cell five, five DDP. So I thought it was mm-hmm. interesting, like middle ground for him, but yeah, it was an okay match. Yeah. Taped, he gets a win. Taped fist D- match. I, I mean, it's a win. It's a good win for him. He wins with the diamond cutter, you know, a nice six minute match. Yeah. Probably should have been like a three minute match if they're really going to try to put him over. But 
Duggan, Duggan's Dug- always over. Has Duggan never not been over? Maybe when he was evil janitor Duggan or when he was the Canadian guy in late mm-hmm. WCW. But everyone, yeah. everyone's always happy to see Hacksaw. But uh, I don't uh, think uh, I would have course. I don't think I would have made ahead. like another gimmick match right after the, the Carson City Silver Dollar match because now we got a Tate Fist match. Then there's going to be dog, dog collar, collar matches. Yeah, come on. But really, how do you follow a Carson City Silver Dollar match? Do you? Well, you just you just go Lord of the Ring match, and then whoever wins the thing gets the imp- gets the imp- ring. Important question: Should the Carson City Silver Dollar match main evented this show? Do you think so? <laughs> Over Hogan joining NWO. It's got. It's got to close the mat. Cl- close the night. The silver dollar does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm glad. I'm glad we're in agreement with that. It was a bad joke. No wonder we get shitty reviews. Okay. Next up, uh, we've got the Mean Gene Oakland. The Mean Gene Gene Oakland backstage with Kevin Sullivan, the Giant, and Jimmy Hart. Mean Gene calls Jimmy Hart a little twerp, and this is the <laughs> like the Dungeon of Doom versus Horseman feud that. I'm sure everyone forgot about this time. I forgot, completely forgot the Giant was the world champion at this time. I was like, oh yeah, the big show's the WCW champion here. And uh, he, of course, loses the next month to Hogan mm-hmm. uh, after Hogan was in, and joins the NWO, of course, gets the title for the year, all that stuff. But completely forgot about this. The Dungeon of Doom is f- like a famous wrestle crap thing with the fada, fada, where Kevin Sullivan with his accent, uh, drinking beer, I would assume. Uh, yeah. Gene Oakland also tells Jimmy Hart he needs to brush his teeth, which is just just Gene ragged on Jimmy Hart, which makes me think of them living together, legends. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like, yeah, <laughs> where they they go to remember they went to Vegas to in Legends House to be the strippers. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy Hart's got his uh, his shirt off, and someone's like, Jimmy says he works out every day. Gene's like, works out every day. Yeah, all right, he's got a beer gut and a flat ass. <laughs> they show Jimmy Hart on stage. <laughs> <laughs> where Gene's guy's loaf of bread arm. Oh, man. Miss Legend's house. Bring it back, even though half the guys are dead. Okay. Yeah, there was a little uh, teaser about that. Next up, we maybe, go... Maybe Tatanka would have About what? Another, uh, maybe another Legend's house. Well, Tatanka did something about three or four months ago, alluding to the idea oh, of that's, another Legend's oh, house. Oh, that's, that's right. I forgot about that. You know, as long... I think as long as... As long as Jimmy Hart's on it, and I think mm-hmm. Tony Atlas, like I'm in. I'll be in there for it. <laughs> I'll be in. Okay. Everyone that's left there. Uh, next up, uh, Lee Marshall does a kind of a weird interview with Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit on the stage. They have a match later tonight yeah. against the Dungeon of Doom. And it's weird that they're on the stage. They're on the entranceway. And uh, then they have to get out of the way quickly because – the music starts playing. We have our next match, the public enemy versus the nasty boys in a double dog collar match. <laughs> the, I, I, I totally forgot the nasty boys music. They're singing their own song. And I'm like, we're the nasty boys. boys. Yeah. We're the boys. We're the, the nasty boy. boys. WCW run is awesome. Rewatching some of these shows from their run. They're mm-hmm. great, man. This match, too, is a kind of a shit show, and it's too long. It's like 12 minutes. But there's huge bumps, and there's crazy spots, and they're just beating the hell out of each other. And there's a part where the table doesn't break, and the guy, like, you know, Rocco Rock's spine gets cracked uh-huh. on it. It's just awesome, man. It's There's one part where 
they start beating each other up with a rubber shark from the set. <laughs> just like, I think there's, there was no plan for this match. By the way, the double this dog like, collar match is, like, is just what you think. I don't know. They also do a kind of a weird thing where they go to a split screen, but you can't even see anything because the split screen's so small. Like, I get mm-hmm. the, the point of it, but it didn't really didn't really work for me. What would you? What other notes do you have about Public Enemy versus the Nasty Boys besides the Nasty Boys singing their own songs? Well, that and how it started off really good, like just the way that the two um, opponents, like you know, one uh, like Rocco Rock with uh, uh, Sags and Knobs with the other guy, they were just you know with the dog collar chains. And I thought one of the fun spots was when um, they had one of the uh, Public Enemy guys like hanging over the top rope, and someone still had the the rope and or had the chain, and then. It, I'm just messing this whole thing up. Anyways, take your take it. your time. There's of, no rush here. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Eventually, the nasty boys do get the get the W here, and uh, I don't know. It was it was fun. Uh, like you said, just fun. Uh, there's a post match brawl where they go beating the hell out of each other. Eventually, they do they do bust the table. So they got that going for them. Still, they're still talking about where's Eric Bischoff? Where is Eric Bischoff? And need to know where he is. And again, kind of hinting, maybe Bischoff's the bad guy. Uh, mean Gene Oakland talks about all the tension that's backstage and and all that stuff. They're they're really putting over how uncomfortable everybody is, right? They're putting yeah. over what's going to happen here, what's going to happen here. And speaking of what's going to happen here with a random match, Cruiserweight title, Disco Inferno versus Dean Malenko. Uh, Dean Malenko, definite badass, definitely a guy that we've gone back and looked at shows. You see how awesome he was, and I here's a match where he just he was the he ice carries man, he? Yes, yes, he love carries that. Disco Inferno through this match here, and the whole point of this is to make Disco look like a legitimate challenger, that's which why, Dean that's does. Why I thought this match looked so good. It was all Malenko, huh? Yeah, he was he was carrying him through, and yeah, the only like thing that was match. I guess not the only thing. The one thing that was weird about this match too was Bobby's a big Disco Inferno fan. Like, why is Bobby such a big Disco fan? Just because he's the why heel? not? Why not? Disco's fun. Disco fever, Disco fever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eventually, uh, the there's a lot of back and forth, and there's a lot of kind of. I guess false finishes or close falls where Disco almost gets Malenko mm-hmm. and doesn't doesn't get him. Eventually, Malenko gets the Texas Cloverleaf for the win. Texas Cloverleaf is one of my favorite I love finishers. That I don't know. Has anyone... Who's you? No one's using it now, right? I don't think so. Someone should. They yeah, should. Who I should mean, we I give mean, the Cloverleaf to? You know what? I think uh, Rhea Ripley uses it, but she like pulls him up. Like She doesn't like sit down on it. Yeah, yeah. Who can, so it's, who kind, use, it's kind of one. Yeah, maybe maybe someone in AEW maybe who in AEW could use it. Who needs a new finisher? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Luchasaurus. Okay, Luchasaurus can use it. Uh, next random Steve Mongo McMichael match versus Joe Gomez here. Uh, this was just like a, this like is you fine. See, you see this type of fight in a bar. Yeah. Also, there's a couple notes. So Mongo's got Deborah here, and Deborah's got her dog. And I was thinking puppies with, with Deborah, right? Yeah, I'm like Deborah looks so cute. Like she she just doesn't have like that sexy look, you know, slutty look. I I guess is what she would have in the attitude. Remember the Raw magazine like, cover where she's got two dogs over her tits, the puppies. Oh, remember yeah, that? I remember that. Yep. Yeah, you had it. You had it on your wall. 
Your mom walks in. What's this? I don't like dogs, mom. I'm just making things up now. Just dogs. Uh, this is a six. <laughs> this is a six minute match. I don't know who the hell Joe Gomez is. Still don't know who he is. Nobody uh, knows. The thing that <laughs> the craziest thing about this is Mongo uses the tombstone as his finisher. You like, didn't like that? I mean, it's fine. I don't know if I'd trust him to do it to me. Sure, you which, would. I mean, Mongo was a beast. The other thing that's kind of crazy is whenever Mongo's hair gets out of his ponytail, he looks evil. <laughs> he looks like a mean guy without that hair in his with the hair in his face. So, yeah, he does. I don't think he we looks, need to spend like too much time monster. We don't need to spend too much time breaking down a Steve Mongo McMichael match, but I love Mongo. And he was always fun. He was charismatic. He yeah. couldn't wrestle, but I don't care. He was entertaining. He was a big guy. You know, he was from Chicago with the Bears. So of course, naturally, we're going mean, you weren't a Bears fan, but we were around here. You're going to like him. He's from here. He used to wear that Bears jacket, and he was a horseman. He kind of fit in. And it kind of all made sense. And I think uh, Dusty Rhodes said like he's, at he's this point, number 76, and he's not playing for the Bears. He's for the four horsemen. Yes, definitely. And. I also have a note here that I felt like this was the point in the show where everyone's like really ready for the main event to start. You know, they're ready to see some matches early, but now like, okay, just tell us who the hell the third guy is. We all want to know. You know, they're all, they're all anxious to go. And even up until this point, like I'm so impressed with how, uh, God, tips on tip of my tongue. He's on ADW. Shivani. Yeah. Shivani is like, does, is doing such a great job doing commentary. He, he's, He's so good, and, and, and Heenan's playing off of him. Rhodes is playing off of him. Like, this is, like, I don't know if this is his best pay-per-view call, but I I, I like it. Yeah, it, I mean, it might have his best line at the end of the show when he tells Hogan to go to hell. Go straight as, to hell. As, as it goes off the air. Uh, then we go backstage here to Mean Gene Oakland with Woman, Ric Flair, Miss mm. Elizabeth, and... A woman is like flirting with Gene and kind of whispering in his ear, and it's it's a little awkward. Oakland uh, getting Rick, then Ric Flair apparently's got a he's got apparently got a world title match tomorrow on Nitro. He says, mm-hmm. "You know what that means, don't you?" A la cucaracha. Like, what was he? <laughs> he's got two ladies, two titles. Yeah, and he says he's going to have a a party afterwards, and Gene won't be there. And I mean, he, woman Flair's, wants him there. Yeah, he wants to win the U.S. title. You know, he's got Ric Flair versus Conan for the United States Championship. Again, this is non-K-Dog Conan. And when I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, this patch is probably going to suck. It was really, no, it really doesn't. good. Six it was do- good. Yeah, it was very, very good. 15 minutes. This is a Flair, you know, bumping like crazy, selling like crazy. And when you watch stuff like this, you realize how good flair is because i think we tend to always watch flair's big matches versus ricky steamboat versus mcflair and versus terry funk and maybe sean michaels and all that stuff and sting and even hulk hogan yeah and yeah, yeah. luger all this stuff and when he's facing just kind of a mid-card match you're not going to go back to watch this but you're like oh damn he's freaking awesome like he's carrying this match he knows what to do. He knows how to sell. He knows how to make the crowd mad. All this stuff. The other thing that kind of sucks about this match is the ending. Because woman's supposed to hit Conan with her heel, right? Her high yeah, heel. Yeah, that was so awkward. And then Flair's going around the other side. Liz is on the other. It's like, what, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and also when she hits him with the heel, she kind of misses. And she winds up as, I don't know if it was uh, 
like a weak throw, you know, like someone who doesn't know how to throw a baseball throws. Yeah. That's kind of how she looked hitting him with it. Uh, But Flair does get the win. In addition to that, he puts his feet on the ropes as well to protect Conan a little bit to become the new United States champion. The crowd didn't seem to mind it. They were like, okay, we're, we're done with Flair winning. We're cool with it. Yeah. It's another title. It was a good match. Yeah. Uh, Any other notes before we move on to the next Next matchup. Here. No, it's really about it. And I, what I was going to say is like the more I hear about Conan and, and his ties to Mexican wrestling and, and just how much of a legend he is, like I'm not watching this. I'm really not surprised they had a good match, but then it's like who's carrying who or who's kind of leading this match. But, you know, overall, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. We go to the next segment. Uh, mean Jeans backstage near the locker room where the outsiders mm-hmm. are. They've got security around them. Mean Gene's creeping around, kind of like a Lord Alfred Hayes in a '91 WWF pay per view. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move in now here. And uh, I love how Bobby Heenan's telling him, "Hey, Okerlund, Okerlund, yeah, Bobby." He's like, "Go, go pay those guards off. Yeah. Ask them if they saw anybody." <laughs> and Gene's getting all mad at Bobby Heenan. He, he, Gene, Bobby wants the insider. You know, he wants. He the does. I mean, that, that's, that's, how you, that's how you, that's how you get the information. You, you slip a couple twenties or hundos, and you know, you gotta grease the mm-hmm. palms. Definitely, uh, Gene. Again, talks about the tension backstage, and he mentions that he heard a voice. It was muffled, but he couldn't he couldn't quite put a finger on it. But he and it was very familiar. He's heard yeah. it before. It just Let me Hogan. tell you something, brother. No, it's just Hogan talking backstage to like Hall. I was like, all right, brother. So even though the ref's going to be out, dude, I still want you, Hall, to count the pin on Macho Man. He's like, wait, why, Hall? You know, it's just just for Hulk Hogan to get the pin on Macho Man, <laughs> the visual pin, brother. Yeah, right, whatever you want. Shit, pass the pino. Fuck it. Next matchup, I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch. Uh, the Giant and the Taskmaster versus Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit. Because I still have trouble watching Benoit matches, and I really have trouble watching matches where uh, Nancy Woman is involved. Mm-hmm. And she is here, and so I skipped it. So if you want to talk about it, feel free, but I skipped the match. I didn't watch it. No, we'll we'll skip it. Okay. Might as well, right? Let's get to the get to the damn main Let's event anyway. Get to the shit. Before that, we've got, of course, another bad recap video. We're used to these big WWE production videos of recaps of feuds and all this stuff. Yeah. This again is Windows ninety five PowerPoint presentation, still like, images. Like, uh, yeah, like Windows Movie Maker. Yeah, that's what it was, that's what it was made <laughs> on. Not even good music, like nothing really music. really good. The hostile takeover. We know it's the hostile takeover. Uh, Buffer is here. Michael Buffer, he's here to hype us up. And he says the three men were selected at lottery to defend the, the WCW. So wait a minute. So is he saying there was a lottery and the three random names were drawn? That seems like a bad strategy from WCW when you of pick your best guys. Of course it is. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, maybe that makes sense because if it was the their best, you're like, okay, we want the giant because he's the biggest guy we got. We want Luger. But yeah. no, we get these three. We, we and granted, want, uh, they're, they're three big stars here. <laughs> what if they had uh, Marcus Bagwell, yeah. Conan, and uh, Disco? That was the lot. <laughs> or Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio, Disco, and Psychosis. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, shit. We're screwed. Uh, I'd also, again, they talk about the three men to be selected, and out comes Hall and Nash first. But there's nobody with them. And, of course, no fear mean genes in there to get answers. Everyone else in the entire company is terrified of these two guys. Not mean Not Gene. Gene. Goes right up to him. What, what the hell is Not the plan? What's going on Gene. here? Hall and Nash. Yeah, what's going on here? And then 
Nash says, don't worry, he's here. But we got enough firepower to take these two guys out. He'll be here when the time is right. These three chumps. And the the, uh, the crowd's kind of pissed. They're like, well, we thought, what the hell? And I'd be pissed, too. Like, I bought a goddamn ticket for this. This is going to yeah, be two what's on the, three. The old, the old bait and switch, Bischoff, where you son of a bitch? You're screaming. <laughs> hey, man, card subject to change. <laughs> card subject to change. Also, again, we talked about Sting playing it up a little bit. Do you think at this point Sting even knew it was 100% for sure? That Hogan was going to oh, come do it? Or was there a chance that Hogan did. changed his of mind? He, he knew. Because he came out. Yeah, I mean, well, right, but he could have, at some point, there could have been uh, oh, like a, 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 a like signal. Like ty- typhoon turning on his uh, bushwhacker buddies. <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> I mean, tugboat. <laughs> tugboat. <laughs> that's comparable to this. Tugboat turning on the bushwhackers is definitely comparable to this moment here in 1996 yeah, WCW. <laughs> Uh, I, I still say that's the biggest turn uh, in wrestling history. <laughs> I'm glad that brings you so much joy. <laughs> this match starts off uh, not really hot. Luger gets knocked out early. This is and... so dumb. I wish Luger stayed in at least another 10 minutes to, to really make it like a true two on three. Yeah. So Nash talked about this in interviews, I think, and the Monday Night War, something on the network, or even the NWO DVD. He was like, you know, we we spent the past few months kicking their ass, and the fans just wanted us to get our butts kicked, and we didn't give it to them. We took it to them. And it's true. For like 10 minutes, they just beat the hell out of Savage and Sting. Yeah, I you mean, know, I mean Sting, Sting had a good uh, a good moment. I, I don't know if it was, it was probably against Hall, where he just like runs at him, spears him, and starts kicking the shit out of him. Um, I mean, Hall did a good job selling, but I mean, that was probably the highlight of, of WCW's uh, assault. Mm-hmm. I think also the point when I think in the very, very beginning, Nash is holding Luger in the corner and Sting does a giant Stinger splash on him, which was pretty good, mm-hmm. too. He gets gets some good air. Yeah, and knocks but out it's, his buddy. It's, it's kind of tough watching this now, knowing what we, we know is going to happen, because you're just waiting for Hogan to show up. Like, you're waiting for the point to ha- for it to happen. And, of course, there's got a little bit of a lull, about, you know, 13 minutes into the match. Out comes Hogan. Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania is here! And Bobby Heenan says, of course, the famous line, yeah, but whose side is he on? Whose side is he on? And everyone's pissed, right? Because Mm -hmm. Bobby ruined it, maybe ruined the surprise. I'm going to defend Bobby here after watching this pay-per-view. Because the entire night, Bobby's suspicious of everybody. He accuses Dusty Rhodes of one point or Tony Giovanni. He doesn't trust anybody. And he never liked Hogan, even in WWF <laughs> days. Never liked him. Yes, exactly. He, he hated him. And why so would he say that? So Hogan comes out, tears his shirt off, and the crowd is like no one really suspected it. I think revision is history. We kind of think, oh, everyone like knew he's going to turn. The crowd's like, no, he's here to whoop some ass. Mm-hmm. And then he gives that leg drop to Macho Man. Oh, baby. Does shit hit the fan after that? I paused and rewound this a couple times to watch reactions in the crowd. Mm-hmm. There's like two or three guys that are happy. One's got an ECW shirt in the front row. Sure. N- another older guy. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, people are like, oh, hell no. They were pissed. Uh, what was your initial thoughts rewatching this and watching kind of the reactions of the crowd when that first leg drop hit? Yeah. 
what when I was watching it, I remember seeing it, and I'm thinking, Hall is Hall is being like super like oh like over the top cool. Kevin Nash comes over, he's over the top cool. Like they're just badasses, and Hogan. As you know, I was never a big Hogan fan. And even going into the mid-90s and this, I'm like, he sucks. Like, he's just over the hill. Why is he here? Why is he... I I didn't understand. I I didn't like it. And then he comes out. Here's this old guy. And now they're teaming up with this nerd who's, like, giving him thumbs up. He's like, yeah, brothers. (laughs) Come on. Let's get him. I'm like, He does. He does give him a thumbs up there. I'm like, this is the worst. (laughs) Why would these two over-the-top cool young guys like team up with this old fart <laughs> who's who in my mind at the time is over the hill. But mm-hmm. then, you know, a year or two years come in. Now he's Hollywood Hogan. Now he's got this new attitude. He's, he's got the, the, the double colored beard and the stash. I'm like, all right, well now he's getting a little cooler, but still at this point, like I, I was like, so like the, uh, bummed <laughs> that Hall and Nash like teamed up with this yeah. dork. <laughs> <laughs> they picked him. So yeah. rewatches a couple things I noticed. I noticed a couple kind of details here that I haven't noticed before. One, after Hogan, of course, does the hilarious pin because they throw Randy Anderson out of the ring. Mm-hmm. They give him kind of a toss. Uh, the first piece of trash hits the ring, actually hits Macho Man. Okay. As soon as that first piece of paper hits him, on the hard cam side, like closest to where the hard cam is, you can see Bruce Buff- or Michael Buffer's blue tux get the hell out of there. So he must have been like, Feeling something being like kind of goofy going on here. You're like here comes some batteries. Also, they edited out a guy runs into the ring. They edited it out, and Nash punches oh. him in the head. Okay, and then Hall kind of kicks him in the boots, and they throw him over. Because if you notice, there's a bit of a commotion in the front row. It's mm-hmm. them, and the, that's when like the cops show up. They're figuring out what's going on here, and the trash is being thrown in the ring. Mean Gene, of course, comes in. We don't have to play the promo because everyone's heard this Hogan promo a million times before. You could call this the new world order of wrestling, brother, and all that. But as I was watching this, all this trash coming in the ring, it's really nuts when you think about it. Yeah. Like, everyone like knows wrestling's... Like, everybody is knows that everyone involved in the ring agreed to this. They know what's going on. It's not real. But people are so mad they're wanting to throw objects at these guys and run into the ring, get into a physical altercation. Could you imagine like, going to like a play, being like, "Oh no, it's it's uh, who's the guy that stabbed Caesar in in the play? What's his name?" Uh, Nobody. Look him his up son, here. right? Caesar stabbed. Hold on. C- Caesar Benoni from AEW. <laughs> I don't know. People are screaming it <laughs> right now. The assassination of Caesar. They're like Augustus. It was beware the Ides of March and all that. Anyway, could you imagine like you're at a play of this and you like, no, yeah, you go up there freaking out. Like after (laughs) you start throwing your shit up there. Brutus. Brutus is the one. They're just just actors. Oh, okay. Brutus beefcake. Yeah. Yeah, Ed Leslie killed Caesar. Um, (laughs) He killed the Caesar that uh, did the 93 rumble announcement. Yeah. At the po- at the <laughs> become the, the succulent Caesars and the succulent meals. Anyway, back to back to this. It was just nuts. I th- th- and this wasn't later when it kind of became the cool thing to do. No, during the NWR to throw trash in the ring and kind of encourage it a little bit. This was. See, genuine. I've never. 
And me and you have probably never seen this before, but there's people that talk about like the seventies and the sixties and, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, other countries and, and Puerto Rico. And I mean, wrestlers have talked about it too, getting like batteries and bottles of piss and stuff thrown at them, like, you know, go, wanting to get murdered <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, for us, I mean, we see this like, Whoa, what the hell? And it's all this garbage as popcorn and, and just wrappers and napkins and, and just all that. Well, you know, cups just like everything getting thrown in there soda all this yeah and i was trying to watch i the the people on the hard cam weren't really throwing anything because i think that's where the cops were so i couldn't really Mm -hmm. tell where all the stuff was coming from and you got to put some effort to get this into the ring you know you can't just give it a little toss Mm -hmm. it's you ever been a little little weight behind it have you ever been to a concert or anything where people were throwing things on the stage uh, I was at Ozfest and it, uh, Rob Zobby came on and people were tearing up the lawn and like throwing the lawn like towards the stage and like in in lawn just everywhere just throwing it all over the damn place. That was probably the wildest mm-hmm. concert I've been to. That happened same venue at our Tinley Park over here. That happened once for ironically it was uh, a Green Day Blink One Eighty Two concert. Before Green Day went on, there was a war between the lawn and the pavilion with mud and grass. Uh-huh. <laughs> the funniest thing that happened once I, I I think I was in Alkaline Trio, and Goldfinger was opening for them, and mm-hmm. they're playing, and all of a sudden someone hits the guy in the Goldfinger sticker in the head with a shoe. Oh my he god! He just stops. He goes, "All right, who the fuck threw that? <laughs> who the fuck threw that shoe?" Like it got so awkward in the concert hall. He's like, what? Yeah. "You want to throw shoes or have a good fucking time? Or right, let's have a good time." And they just go back into like, <laughs> "Who's missing? Who's missing a shoe right now?" <laughs> yeah, it was just awkward. But like, it nailed him right in the fucking yeah. forehead. Well, that's awesome. Good, good for the thrower. Yeah, I'm sure what happened was in the mosh pit, like a shoe got fell off and they just threw it up in the air. Mm-hmm. Another time. We were at a concert at the House of Blues in Chicago. It was some punk band I was seeing at the time. And uh, my buddy who went with me just came with me to go. He went into the bathroom and stole like, at least eight or nine rolls of toilet paper, brought it back out, mm-hmm. and made this gigantic ball, like like a beach ball size of toilet paper. Oh, and he shit. threw it up in the air. And, of course, it went into like the pit area. And it was getting shredded and ripped up everywhere and thrown around. And like, it was just a mess. And it went up on stage. And it like, ended up on the guy's guitar. He was like peeling toilet paper out of his guitar. And it was, it was fun times. But as so far the, as... So, so Beach, Bash of the Beach 96 what? was worse than this. Worse than that. Hogan turning was worse than that? I'd say so. I'd say so. I'd say so. I think you're right. I'd say the... Uh, I'd say the worst was the Goldfinger guy getting hit with the shoe, or this. Uh, but yeah, it was it was nuts. I think the only thing crazier was what when all the when the hype scenes when all the chairs got thrown in the ring in an ECW match with yeah, Funk and Cactus. That was pretty bad too. Scary. Or even recently the Matt Cardona thing, the death match match. Remember he got all those shit thrown at him. Someone threw a pizza cutter at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that's, he stayed in there. A, a crazy <laughs> look. Yeah. So we got Hogan giving his promo. The couple things that made me laugh before this. One, when Hall and Nash come in, Hall like puts up the two sweet and Hogan's got his hands out like, high five, dudes. And I can see you being all pissed <laughs> off. At like, what a dork. <laughs> well, he does give it the, the thumbs up. I took a screenshot of that. He's like, hey, brothers, thumbs up to you. Let's get them. Did you like his promo? Did I you did think like it- his promo because I felt like I was the, I was the target of who he was telling to stick it. 
because Hulkamania was this and you guys all this stuff and you don't appreciate me anymore. I'm like, no, I never did. And then he's like telling me to stick. And I'm like, all right, I appreciate that, Hogan. You fans could stick it, brother. And of course, Gene. <laughs> Gene like, with, Hogan. With, I've known with, you so yeah. long. Ha, 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 ha. With no yeah. fear, just this crap in the ring, Hulk. This is the kind of stuff you will, your life will be like if you hang around with these two guys, Hall and Nash. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, all this and crap in the, the ring the, represents the so you cool. fans, brother. Yeah, you fans, brother. Uh, and then as we go off the air, Tony Schiavone says, Hulk Hogan, and go straight to hell. <laughs> I love it. You love it. All right. As a pay-per-view as a whole, this is not a rewatchable pay-per-view, top to bottom. Except for, of course, the Cold City Diamond Dollar, or Diamond Dollar, Cold City Silver Dollar match. Other than that, there's nothing I would watch again besides the main event post thing, right? What, anything you would watch again? Um, I mean, I like the Conan uh, Flair match. I liked, um, yeah, the, the, the Carson mm-hmm. City Silver Dollar match. Just to just to watch yeah. Jimmy Hart like climb up that fifty foot pole, and yeah, then come down and like being, oh my god, oh my god, oh, baby. baby, oh baby, that's, baby. Uh, that's John Tenso, earthquake baby. <laughs> he gets the jacket, brings yeah. the jacket out. Uh, yeah, a couple of matches I would rewatch. Um. Yeah, so what, I mean, what's the grade? What's the grade on this show for you? I, I'd give it a C plus. All things considered, with even yeah, with things considered, and even and the end, the end really like pulled the nose up, you know, as it was kind of crashing. Yeah. After that, uh, Steve. I mean, went, oh no, not that wasn't the last match. From a wrestling strictly thing, it's about honestly like a C minus. It's not great, and that C's only because of John Tenton and Big Bubba. But for just the last 15, 20 minutes of the show, like those last 15 minutes is an A plus how good it is without, with just the scene and everything with it. So it's interesting. And I'm glad we got one to look back and watch it. I I still don't know if I could rest. Just just watching the match, like how it begins and the outsiders come out and then the, the, the sting Sting's team comes out. You know, it's been a while since I watched it from the beginning like that. And to watch how things... It's just Luger goes out in like the first five seconds. I'm like, come on. Keep it three mm-hmm. on two for a little bit. No. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was fun to watch it again. Yeah, I, I can't recommend a full rewatch for people. There's a couple things to rewatch, like we mentioned. But like you can skip DDP versus Jim Duggan. You know, you can skip... Yeah. Mongo versus Joe Gomez. You can skip the giant and Taskmaster versus Anderson and Benoit. You can skip those things, but there's a couple of things you do have to watch. And of course, rewatching the entire NWO segment from start to finish, the formation is definitely worth it. Do you think that this was a defining moment for Hogan? Like he was, he was on his way, like out and down, and he only had, yeah, he only I had mean, the of course it was. I think Hulkamaniac sticking with him. I think it's pretty common knowledge. It definitely he needed it. Yeah, he was because again, yeah. his last pay per view was at WCW One Censored. It was it was the Alliance to End Hulkamania with like that triple cage with the, the ultimate answer or whatever it was or the ultimate. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was Zeus. I forget what they ended up calling him. The ultimate solution. It was the ultimate solution because that turned out to be something Nazi related. Look it up really quick. What it actually was, but yeah, he was he was in Cartoon World still. He wasn't. He wasn't in 
yeah. modern day what we need to be in WCW. You know, he wasn't. He needed it. He's the ultimate solution. Yeah, the ultimate solution. The wrestler, and then Z Gangster, of course, was Zeus, but Tony Depot. Yeah, that was a uh, <laughs> Doomsday Cage match. That's something we got to go back and that, that's like a watch along. That that match, we got to rewatch that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I right. agree. Yeah, because him turning Hollywood, you know, that just gave him another twenty years. So he was NWO Hollywood Hogan until ninety nine, two thousand, and then he went back, and then he went back to WWE. Is mm-hmm. Hollywood Hogan then, of course, turned back to his his classic. Well, he was still Hollywood Hogan, but red and yellow Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for this week. Well, this it sure this, does. This fun show. Uh, Eric, thanks for, for joining, for coming on. Everyone, thanks for listening. Want to give a few shout-outs before we wrap up this week. Shout-out to our podcast buddies. Shout-out to Scott and Jeff at Fully Posable. They'll be back next week with a show. They had to do a classic show last week, Jeff. Uh, there was I was talking with Jeff something with just, just like a sickness going around. So they had to cancel their show for that week. But follow them at Fully Posable for all your wrestling figure news. They just did their Fully Posable Hall of Fame show a couple weeks ago. Definitely check that one out for the Figure Hall of Fame. Got to go see them. Uh, check out our friends Joe and Michael Quinn over the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. An amazing show. Does retro wrestling. Does topics every week. Also has an awesome, awesome Patreon. I can't recommend enough, so support them. You can follow them on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Our friends Daniel Spencer and friends uh, have a show, The Ringside Podcast. Just dropped an interview with Baby Earl, Baby Earl, or Baby Hebner, uh, the son of Earl Hebner from the Impact Wrestling Referee World. So follow the Ringside Podcast. Uh, doing the favor, hopefully we'll be back soon. They were taking breaks, coming in and out. So follow them either way. Eric and Barry over at the Doing the Favor podcast at Doing the Favor. Our friend Justin Summers over the Wrestling Cheers podcast, doing interviews, trying to find ghosts, and doing a lot of independent wrestling talk. If it's just a nice change of pace. Uh, compared to the normal kind of mainstream wrestling stuff. So follow them at Wrestling Cheers. Uh, our friends over the Raw's Nitro podcast, Lee uh, does one down, down there in Australia, the Raw's Nitro podcast. I always forget uh, more stuff, more more shout-outs. In, in front. Oh, yeah, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Follow them, and then Breaker Side Project. You know it's Fake Right, which is always my favorite, those interviews he does with everyone in the wrestling figure community. There's a new show uh, that... Soda Hunter and Ethan Chambers do. It's actually a NASCAR show called In the Marbles. So go ahead and follow them or double check that. That's the right name. I want you guys to to know that you're following the right people. And uh, <laughs> Yes, In the Marbles. At the In the Marbles pod. I'm not a NASCAR guy, but if somebody wants to start a show that they're passionate about, just do it. So kudos to those two guys, to Soda Hunter, to Ethan for doing the show. So Give them a try. They're a new show. And the, fun, and the fun thing about those shows is like you get, you get caught up in their excitement, their knowledge, and you almost like start to learn more. Which, yeah. me, I'm not a big NASCAR guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like listening to stuff but like that. But it's worth checking like, oh, out. Sometimes okay, you, you want really, to. Wanna... Yeah. Mm-hmm. want to change a pace, right. you know? Right. Change from the interviews and, right. and lookbacks and all that stuff. So you can follow us on Twitter, of course, at PPW Podcast. You can follow Eric on Twitter at positively underscore eric and you can follow our uh, instagram page ppw underscore podcast and you can find all of our shows past present for free on your favorite podcast app just search positively pro wrestling podcast eric anything else no no (laughs) sounds good (laughs) that's about it all right guys thanks for listening (laughs) we will see you next week
bottom line.